The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Raising Good Humans. I'm Dr. Lisa Pressman. My first book, The Five Principles of Parenting, Your Essential Guide to Raising Good Humans, is out now. In this book, I've wanted to quiet all the noise that's out there and distill the science into five core principles. And using those principles, you can solve absolutely any parenting challenge, giving you the confidence to raise good humans. Order now and give yourself a little bit of ease. Hey guys, this is Note to Self, and I'm your host, Peyton Sarton. From Q&As and breakup tips to simply navigating every stage of life, Note to Self is a space to get messy, explore new perspectives, and ultimately empower yourself and others. Grab some wine or a mocktail, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Note to Self. I'm your host, Peyton Sarton, and today I have quite the episode for you. I was just joking with my producer, Josh, that I've been putting this one off for like quite a while, but here we are. We're sitting down for it. I really wanted to start February off, the love month off with a topic like this. And then next week, here's my vision. Next week, I want to do an Ask P episode where we focus on relationships. And then the following week, I would love to have a couple friends on to go through like dating horror stories. So like just vile stories, embarrassing stories, maybe some confessions. So we're going to keep it in like the love sector for February for the next uh, couple weeks. So I'm really excited for that. Quick life updates. I am moving in about two months to the Midwest. She's going to be a Midwestern girl. If y'all are new here, I have decided to move to Milwaukee, Wisconsin with my boyfriend for his job. He plays baseball and he will be playing with the team there only for the season though. So we're moving from late March, like the baseball season starts literally a week after my lease here in Los Angeles ends. So it kind of lined up perfectly and I was like, yeah, we should do it. So Winnie and I, my puppy and I will be moving to Milwaukee. Season starts very, very, very end of March, like literally the last weekend of March. And then it ends in September and pending playoffs and stuff like that will be in Milwaukee until then. So I'm excited to be there for the summertime. And I've discussed this before. I did a TikTok about this, about moving to Milwaukee. And I had so many people in the comments telling me all the places to go, all the things to see. I was asking the girls, like, what's up in Milwaukee? Like, what do we do there? Like, where do we get our nails done? Where do I get my hair cut? Is there lymphatic drainage massage places around? I need that. Where are we getting Botox? So that's on TikTok. You can also DM me your recommendations. I will say if you're listening to this and you already DM me recommendations, I made a grave error. This was not on purpose. This was seriously an error. A couple of weeks ago, I had some lovely DMs from Milwaukee girlies and I accidentally clicked like, you know, there's like the delete all button or reject all or something on your messages when they're like pending. I don't know if y'all have seen that on Instagram, but it deleted like I don't know, maybe 20 messages that I could like see up on the top of my little DM. So, so sorry if I didn't respond to that. And if you guys do have those recs, feel free to send them over to me because I need to get to know Milwaukee. Never been, never really planned to move there, but I think it'll be a fun adventure. Another update. We are looking to restock the Lucky Merch So I will definitely keep you guys posted on that on Instagram. You guys can follow me on Instagram at Peyton Sarton, or you can follow the note to self Instagram at NTS by PS. I'll post updates on both of those things. Let's see what else do I have for you guys. 
I need to come up with some kind of episode about moving when, as I'm talking about Milwaukee because my friends, Iman particularly, is so offended that I can just like pick up and move and just be like, bye. <laughs> Iman, let's like set the stage here for a second though. Iman is born and raised in Los Angeles. She is a homebody. It's hard to get Iman out of her own house. So she exists on the other side of the spectrum from myself who grew up moving a lot. I also already live so far from so many of my friends that moving and creating distance between friends is just like that feels like adulthood to me. Maybe not everyone does that, but I feel like when people move, like let's say our friend Kelsey moved, I still see her all the time. Also, I'm pretty sure we might move after Milwaukee to Scottsdale, Arizona to have like a more permanent place, you know, pending we find a house and stuff like that. Or Joe finds a house to be more specific, but I will see her again. Like she moved. It was sad. Then we'll be back together and front like in each other's lives every single day again. I'm in Scottsdale kind of a lot. Iman and Kelsey have seen each other a number of times. I'm like, we're going to see each other. Also, Joe's team plays in Los Angeles. They play on the West Coast a few times, actually, but they play specifically in L.A., for two different series in the next few months. And then she's going to come out to, you know, Chicago slash Milwaukee area. So for me, moving and being away from friends, yeah, it does suck. But I go weeks here without seeing my girlfriends that I like go out with and stuff just because like people are out of town and I have work and then there's Winnie. And then I got my Moxie laser on my face recently. Oh my God. That's another thing I need to update you guys on. Moxie laser. I love that laser. I do have discoloration and melasma and it's one of those only lasers that are like safe for that. I went to the Kate Somerville clinic and I have seen some great results with discoloration on me the first go around. So I will be doing the Moxie multiple times. I had to put a little shout out there. It took about five to six days to fully recover from that, but I'll do a TikTok and show you guys the like day one, day three, day seven kind of thing. And I'll show you guys exactly what I did. All right, quick content corner before we jump into things. So I was reminded of Kylie Kadich's content. She's like a classic OG influencer in my brain, at least. And her TikTok is so fucking good. I remembered this or I was reminded of this from the bad broadcast. I was listening to her on that podcast, which is a Dear Media podcast, by the way. And it made me like, revamp and be obsessed with her again. So I went through all of her TikToks. Just a great watch. Her name is Kylie Kadich. If you don't already follow her, it's K-Y-L-I-E-K-A-T-I-C-H. And the second one is Mariah Rose. Her at is M-A-R-I-A-H-C-R-O-S-E. She does like sports drama and like sports talk for the girls. So like the NBA is a very dramatic league. <laughs> she does a lot of that for the girls. It's actually great. She, her content is so thorough. I love the way she talks about both women's and men's sports for the girlies. And I just think she's like so smart to do that. So go follow her for sure. All right, y'all. So I have actually moved locations. I filmed the intro and studio with all my ads and stuff. And then I am filming the rest of this episode in my apartment. So it might sound a little bit different from the intro. I am staring at Winnie on the couch, who is staring back at me. She has a close eye on me at all times. I am under some heavy surveillance when I'm around Winnie. She needs to make sure that <laughs> most of the time we're touching, which is weird because she 
if I take her, let's say, to the dog place, like the dog people place I take her, that's kind of like a, it's literally a membership club for dogs. Like Winnie is the member and I am the guest. Los Angeles is strange sometimes. She loves it there. The second we enter that place, she runs around as if I don't exist. She doesn't care where I am. She doesn't care to know where I am. If I take her even to the vet to like get shots, if someone else grabs the leash to take her back to get any kind of vaccination, she will happily go and not even look back. But when we're at home, we're touching. (laughs) She just loves to snuggle. So right now she's staring at me. (laughs) Hopefully she takes a little nap here. Anyway, got off on a tangent. So let's talk about my breakup, what I did when Joe and I were broken up, and then kind of how we got back together, what I was thinking about in my own brain, how he kind of came back into my life, and what worked for me. Because post-breakup, I know we go through a lot of similar emotions, like all of us. And I feel like there was a time period there where I was just like kind of ready to be like, all right, I can move on, you know? So this is going to culminate in in that moment, really, because I think that's a pivotal moment when it comes to getting back together with an ex is you having a true moment with yourself that you don't need this. Like it doesn't need to happen. Of course, maybe you want it to happen at some point or maybe they've shown you that whatever went wrong the first time has now been changed or you guys can work together to change it. But the main point I want to say here is it's really really important to get to the, I'll be happy if it happens. And I'll also be happy by myself or with someone else, you know, at any point, if it doesn't happen, if I don't get back together with this person, because it no longer has control over you. And I feel like you can make decisions more clearly from that space. So some disclaimers I want to make right up top is that this episode is about what's worked for me and my particular situation. Now I am confident in the decisions that I have made and I'll be pretty honest about the process of those decisions, but I want to be clear also that this episode isn't about proving that my decision is the right one for me to anyone because I've made the decision because it's the right one for me. <laughs> and it's not about trying to justify my decision to anyone. I'm just going to do, you know, I checked up with myself. This was a long process that I really really took into consideration. This was not something that I was like, "Oh, Joe's back. I want to be back with him. This is great. Let's just get back together." It was a pretty lengthy process. And I think in the end, our breakup has made us a stronger couple and has, you know, shown cracks in the relationship that I didn't see before at all. But it also kind of solidified that we really do want to be together and we really will do what it takes to make a relationship work. Not that our relationship is like super difficult or anything, but like any relationship takes work. It's not just like you just you just let things happen. You let things go. You don't talk about stuff. And it's just like super easy. A relationship is not always easy. And that's something that I think we've really honed in on in this second phase of our relationship is kind of like getting ahead of problems and doing things to help prepare us for any upcoming issue maybe and laying that solid foundation over again in the second time around. So just wanted to be clear about that. I'm not looking for really validation from anybody. And y'all know note to self is all about you connecting with yourself. So I feel like if you're out there making decisions for yourself or what's and what's best for you, people might have some things to say on it or say about it. I know that I live my life pretty publicly and my breakup was, you know, 
on social media. I talked about it on social media. It's something that you guys here at On Note to Self have heard me talk about prior and reference prior. So it's something I did want to share, but it's something that people will have opinions about on a little bit larger scale, I think, than if I didn't have social media, but that's just comes with the territory and it can suck. Sometimes that does play a part in my breakup process as well. But even for anyone who who's not living their life as loudly on the internet, people are going to have opinions. There's gossip. There's all these things that happen when you have a breakup and also getting back together. It's just a a topic of conversation, I feel like, in general gossip circles. And people are always going to have opinions about what you should and shouldn't do. And I really urge you to connect with yourself and do what's best for you, regardless of the noise around you and everyone else's opinions, because no one's going to know what's best for you besides you. That's not to say not to take advice from friends, family, things like that, because I definitely did in my case. And um, it's gotten me to this point. But it's really that trusted circle of people that I leaned on during this time and in my getting back together time and on my breakup time. Today's episode is sponsored by Mindbloom. Y'all know I talk a lot about anxiety and depression on this podcast. So this sponsor, Mindbloom, is so important to me and it's something I am highly, highly interested in. If you're struggling with anxiety or depression, you are not alone. Millions of Americans are searching for ways to feel better, but feel like they've exhausted every option and don't know where to turn. If that sounds like you, then guided ketamine therapy from Mindbloom could be a game changer. Mindbloom can help you feel better faster. Mindbloom is the leader in ketamine therapy, having helped tens of thousands of people overcome their anxiety and depression. Mindbloom's expert clinicians and guides can help you feel better in days, not weeks, and you can complete treatment entirely from the comfort of home. In a study of over 1,000 Mindbloom clients, 89% reported improvements in their anxiety and depression after only four sessions. Now, Mindbloom has new programs that go beyond depression and anxiety to help you overcome challenges in everyday life. I have a couple friends who have been using ketamine therapy to help with their anxiety and depression or any mental health struggles, and they have said it has changed their life. So I'm so happy to have Mindbloom as a sponsor of Note to Self. Right now, Mindbloom is offering our listeners $100 off your first six-session program when you sign up at mindbloom.com slash note to self and use promo code note to self. Break free from your anxiety and depression and feel better faster with Mindbloom. Mindbloom.com slash note to self and use promo code note to self. Today's episode is sponsored by Truly. If there's one thing my friends and I love on the weekend and sometimes during the week, obviously you've seen Minimon out there on a Thursday, it's an ice cold hard seltzer. But let's get real. Sometimes the flavor packs are just not good. I hate going and getting a flavor pack of hard seltzers and then like half of them go to waste because no one likes the flavors. That's why we're so excited that Truly is shaking things up with their new party pack. Truly believes life can be more refreshing when we can be real, let loose, embrace imperfection, and allow ourselves to be free from convention. That's why Truly has something for everyone in more than 30 unique flavors, including three lightly flavored mix packs, berry, and new party pack. Truly Heart Seltzer's new party pack has a flavor for everyone, making it perfect for you and all of your friends. With four fan favorite flavors, including brand new raspberry, it's got a little something for everyone. So you can bring it to wine night, you can bring it to book club. 
wherever you're going, you can bring it. I always, I'll bring a little pack of Truly with me usually when I'm going to a friend's house for like a pregame because I feel like everyone loves it. And I just feel like I'm entering as kind of the life of the party. With only 5% ABV, 100 calories, and one gram of sugar in each can, Truly is the perfect drink to keep you on track with your New Year's resolutions, unless your resolution was to have less fun. To find Truly Hard Seltzer near you, go to trulyhardseltzer.com slash locations. That's trulyhardseltzer.com slash locations. Truly Hard Seltzer, keep it light. Truly Hard Seltzer Beverage Company, Boston, Massachusetts. Please drink responsibly. Okay, so for those of y'all who are new here, my current boyfriend, Joe, and I, we were together for two and a half years, and we broke up in December of 2022. This was post a year of living together, and then, like I said, two and a half years of being in a relationship. The other year and a half was long distance. So for me, the breakup was was mid-December, maybe early December. I can't really remember, but it was a true surprise. Like I did not see this coming literally at all. I think I'm pretty perceptive when it comes to things just because of the way that I grew up. I'm the oldest child. You're usually the one who like, I don't know, you just see things coming. I, I have a pretty solid finger on the pulse of what's happening around me. And I'm very rarely surprised. So when Joe came home from training one day, this was about a week after his the team he was with previously, he plays baseball if you're new here, did not re-up his contract. So I knew it was a rough time like work-wise because he had been injured for about 20 months at this point. Baseball is his life. It's been his life since he was six. I thought he was handling it weirdly well. I was like, I, if I hadn't done my job for 20 months slash had a really intense surgery that where I couldn't move both my arms for like kind of a lot of time, <laughs> I would not be handling this as well. Unbeknownst to me, there was a lot going on under the surface that I did not know about, which again was very surprising to me. So we broke up in early December. This was pre him coming home with me for Christmas. We were supposed to do this whole big thing. And it was this shock where my world just like almost like shattered. We were living together in Los Angeles at the time. We had plans to move to either Arizona or Florida for spring training and a lot more rehab that he had. And y'all know me. I can pick up and move whenever. I think my job gets more interesting when I move, and I enjoy that. So it's not a big deal to me to be like, all right, whatever. We can we can do whatever. Because I also know that like if I'm not having a good time, if I ever want to like come back to LA or move wherever, I also have the freedom to do that. I just don't feel very stuck in one place ever. And I enjoy the process of like being somewhere new. So anyway, we're gearing up for that. And we were kind of waiting to see what team was going to pick him up on a minor league deal for the season because he was injured. And we both knew he wasn't probably signing another major league deal because he wasn't going to play all season. Like no major league teams really going to pay. They had the year prior, the Nats paid him um, on a major league deal to just sit on the bench, which again, I'm like, wow, he's really taking this well. (laughs) Nope. He was not. So mid December, we break up. I leave to go, you know, for Christmas and all this stuff. Usually because we were living together, we actually ended up living together until February. Okay. But this is mid-December. I called my friend Iman up. Most of y'all probably know Iman by this point. I call Iman. She lives down the street from us at this point. I'm like, hey, I think Joe and I just broke up and I am in shock. Okay. I'm not even crying yet. I'm in shock. So I actually told her this probably a day after because we had a lot of conversations and I'm literally like, why? Can you tell me why? Can you tell me? It was just one of those things where I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I knew something was up. I knew something was weird. 
It didn't feel right. And not in a way that I was sad, but in a way that I was like, this genuinely makes no sense because the reasons were not really adding up. Like everyone has the reasons and I'm not trying to invalidate his reasons, but I knew he wasn't telling me something. Okay. Also, just to note, some men don't really understand what they're like their feelings that much. So I think that's at a point we were at. It was just a lot of overwhelm on his end and he needed to change something because he was feeling not great. And I knew all of this. I could sense this, but I don't know if he even knew, to be honest. So anyway, I go over to Iman's house. Consequently, or oddly enough, Iman was actually going through a breakup that she hadn't told anyone about either. So we were both just rotting in her bed for like days. Because if there's anyone I want to be together, I guess alone together with, it's Iman. She makes it very easy. So we're rotting. We're sleeping. We are ordering Postmates. We're rotting. We're sleeping. We're ordering Postmates. Over and over and over again, just going through that cycle. So eventually I go home for Christmas. Like I said, I stayed home for a little bit, hung out with friends, family. Everyone was very supportive and kind. Honestly, the smoothest Christmas I've ever had with my family, ever. (laughs) Actually pretty shocked by that. Then I came home in January. I went to New York for about a week and I went to Paris for about a week. So I was out of the apartment because I knew he was moving out in early February to go train in Arizona for the season because in the midst of this, he got picked up by uh, the San Francisco Giants on a minor league deal. So I knew he was going to be spending the season in Arizona rehabbing and all that stuff. So I was like, all right, let me just get out of the place until then. We had our apartment till March. So once he left, it was this weird weight that I felt lifted off of me because there was so much confusion. It's weird to live with an ex. We're talking about stuff. We're kind of getting in arguments. There's kind of like a little bit of like, should we get back together? All this, like all of this stuff. And I feel like at the end of our time living together, broken up, a lot had happened. Like he had already been going out with his friends and distracting himself, doing all the boy things. You know what I mean? Like he's already following girls on Instagram that I'm like, that was so fast. Oh my God. And you know what that's like to find that out. Like I found that out through Reddit, by the way, I made the mistake of early on looking at Reddit and I did not do that again because it, it was really hurtful. Obviously it sucks to see someone that you love who has just broken up with you recently start doing all of these things to like move on. And we had talked about it before and I was like, I I was just a wreck. Honestly, I was a, a wreck. I was nauseous. I was so confused. I was like, who is this person? It was super, super emotionally jarring and upsetting and almost like traumatizing because I didn't see it coming, which sets us up, by the way, for the getting back together process because all of these things have to be talked about and covered. So anyway, I go through this process. He ends up moving out. And by the time he moves out to go to Arizona, I'm like, all right, I don't really know what's going on. I'm still a little bit confused. I'm obviously very hurt. I'm obviously very nauseous, but I have got to take control of the situation in my own way. So once he left, I literally like five minutes after he left, I muted him on social media. I didn't unfollow just because we have so many mutual friends and like I follow his family members. They were still like kind of texting me, talking to me, not his family, not like all of his family or anything, but like just people that we know. I had been in New York with like our mutual friends. So there's just so much connection that at this point, I didn't feel like I wanted to unfollow him yet. I just felt like that was, I don't know. It just felt like a lot, but I didn't want to see his stuff either. So I just muted him and he doesn't post luckily for me. So that's number one thing that I did was 
mute the social media and decide that we are going no contact unless of course like there was a couple times where he to be like hey like i'm sending you this or i got this mail or there's mail at our old place or whatever it was so we are at this point it is february we are absolutely no contact i am still mourning i was listening to the breakup episode that i actually did with my friend kimberly it is episode 52 So I have a breakup episode that I did with my friend Kimberly and I have one I did with my friend Josie, but Kimberly and I's situations were so similar. And during this process, I was consulting Iman. I was consulting my friend Kelsey. I was consulting my friends Kimberly and Laurel from home, from Texas. And obviously they're like all on my side. Joe was literally in Laurel's wedding, like as an honorary groomsman. (laughs) And she loves him, but like, let me tell you one thing about my friend Laurel. She is she has tenacity, okay? And she's incredibly loyal. So she's all pissed. I'm honestly having to like calm Laurel down at this point. But I'm talking to Kimberly. We're talking about our episode. That episode and what happened to her kind of was the same thing that happened to me. But she just decided this person wasn't right for her in the long run. And they didn't really have a moment of reckoning at all. But the breakup portion was very, very similar. Ended up to me and my, from what I can tell now is it was just like a lack of communication and probably on my end boundary crossing that I didn't know boundaries I was crossing because boundaries were never set. And it was one of those things where it's like some guys just like can't really communicate stuff. And you're like, even when you you ask them a million questions, like I would try to have like weekly check-ins and I'm like, what I do right? What I do wrong? And Joe is a very lighthearted guy. All right. Something I need in my life for sure. I always thought I needed like this, like very serious type A, kind of like the men in my family. But like, I'm actually more like that. And all my friends are like, you need someone who's like a little goofier. But with that comes goofiness at times when maybe we shouldn't be so goofy, obviously. So there were times where I would, I'd be asking for feedback and not getting any. So I think I'm doing great. I'm like, this is perfect. I'm the perfect girlfriend. Okay. Allegedly not. So that all came out a little bit later, but just reflecting back, that breakup was a lot of outside pressure on his end. And then obviously things that I was doing that were annoying him or kind of like building up and boundaries maybe he thought were getting crossed. I don't think there was anything really serious that he told me about, but it was just like these small little things that all built up. And he was like, it just doesn't feel right. I feel stressed, whatever. So it was essentially a lack of communication that I found out later in so many words. The reason I say that is because Kimberly went through the same exact thing, which is why I really like her episode. So I truly went through in our time apart that I know I knew we needed. Okay. So like when he left, I was like, all right, we got to commit to this. We got to commit to this time apart because whether or not we ever get back together, getting back together with him and moving on to other things, it's the same. It's the same exact road ahead, which is just getting the fuck over it. And I will say like throughout the whole time, even when I was kind of getting over it and like moving on, there was still like a little bit of a hole in my heart. Like I just felt like obviously the emotions were there, but to me, it just never felt right. I was just like, what is happening? Like this does not feel correct. Even at the times when I wasn't like you go through your process of grieving and then you get to the point where you're like kind of pissed off and I'm like, I'm pissed at him. Like he's annoying me. He's pissing me off, but it still just doesn't feel right. I'm like, do I even want him back? It just doesn't feel right to not be with him, even when I was over it. It's hard to explain. Anyway, so we're going back to the, we. he's just left. I said no contact. We're doing no contact. I gave myself time to mourn. I listened to the episode 52 because I think Kimberly has great takes. I skipped over the intro where I talk about how 
LOL, we're talking about breakups and I use me and Joe as an example to like get into the episode. And I'm like, maybe we shouldn't use me as an example because I don't want to foreshadow anything. <laughs> so I just skipped that part, obviously. But overall, a great episode. It's it's the one that's helped me a lot. And also, Kimberly's like a person I go to in my life for advice. So that's why I like to have her on for that. So after I gave myself time to mourn, which Kimberly refers to as the mashed potato phase in the episode, I decided I needed to commit to obviously remaking my life without him. When you live with someone, no matter how independent you are, you start to obviously plan your life with this person. And at this point, Joe and I had, you know, moved initially, like we were talking about when we moved in together, we were talking about what we wanted to do with our future, where we wanted to live. I told him in about, this was 2021, December, 2021, we moved in together in Dallas, Texas, because I'm from Texas. It's close to my hometown in Fort Worth. And we were planning on like, all right, if we're going to get married, start a family at some point in the near future, like let's save some money on taxes. Houses are more affordable there than they are in California. And because we have to live where he needs to live for baseball season, he was like, why don't we just live where you want to live for the off season? At this point, we were building a home together. And I do want to be clear, Joe plays Major League Baseball and has for like, I don't know, six seasons at this point. He bought us that house. It was where I wanted him to buy the house, but no, we did not like, I think there was a lot of questions about like what happened to our house. How do we, there was no financial split there. He wanted me to refer to it as our house for reasons like he didn't want people to figure out where it was or how much money it was and then know that he spent that exact amount of money on that house. It was just like a a barrier between like people and his information. And it really was our house. Like, y'all, I'm sitting there on design meetings. I'm creating this house. It is so beautiful. (laughs) And I'm like, it is like play money at this point. It was not, we were not combining finances. I want to be very clear about that. I just, I'm not really into that before marriage, but that's the kind of commitment we were in where like, I'm designing this beautiful, nice house in the middle of Dallas. My friend was the realtor. I just like looked at a house and was like, I like this one. And then we got that one. So like, I'm talking about actions were telling me that we probably weren't going to be breaking up. (laughs) That's why I was so shocked. Today's episode is sponsored by Notion. So at this point, most of you probably know how much I love Notion, the sponsor of today's episode. I've mentioned it in a number of episodes, specifically my 75 soft episode, also kind of like replanning and rebranding for the new year episode. I use it every day for things like notes, planning podcasts, setting up like my weekly workflow, my to-dos. I'll use it for mapping out like a workout schedule or a meal plan. I just, I truly use this for absolutely everything. And now it has the power of AI built right inside of Notion. It works across your entire workspace. It has been a total game changer for my productivity. I used it the other day, like I said, to create a workout plan for myself because I needed something pretty quick. And I was like, literally, what's a workout plan to grow glutes and have a smaller waist? And like it gave me one, (laughs) which was amazing. Also used it for meal plans as well. Notion combines your notes, docs, and projects into one space that's simple and beautifully designed. And the fully integrated Notion AI helps you work faster, write better, and think bigger doing tasks that normally take you hours in just seconds. Save time and write faster by letting Notion AI handle the first draft 
jumpstart a brainstorm, or turn your messy notes into something polished. You can even automate tedious tasks like summarizing meeting notes or finding next steps. Notion AI does all of this and more and frees you up to do the deep work. Try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash note to self. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash note to self to try the powerful, easy to use Notion AI today. And when you use our link, you're supporting our show, notion.com slash note to self. Today's episode is sponsored by Woo More Play. If you have listened to Note to Self for a little bit, you know that Woo More Play is my favorite all-natural sexual wellness brand that uses only good-for-you ingredients. And I have a very exciting announcement knowing that Woo More Play is launching an equity crowdfunding campaign, which means you can become an owner of Woo. This is huge. This is good for my, my girlies that listen to my episode that we talked about venture capital in. That's another topic I really want to get back to, but I absolutely love this. This means you will have the opportunity to invest in Woo More Play for as little as 250 bucks and receive incredible perks. For example, a free annual subscription, an opportunity to help design Woo's next product, a dinner with the founding team, yes, with Lauren Bostic of The Skinny Confidential and Michael Bostic of our very own Dear Media, and much more. Woo is a female-owned and led company helping women feel more confident in their intimate lives. I'm a big fan of this community and believe that together we have the power to remove the stigma around women's pleasure. I love Woo products. By the way, the coconut love oil, my absolute favorite. I actually have a bottle of this on my nightstand. It's actually very cute as well in terms of the packaging, but I do keep the little packets on hand as well, especially if I'm traveling. By investing in Woo, you'd help us close the orgasm gap by making incredible sexual wellness products available for all, impacting people's sex lives for the better. Plus, you'd be an owner of a sex company, which for me, on brand. So if you guys are interested, head over to startengine.com to learn more. So we were at that point of really considering each other at all times. And I would consider myself to be a pretty independent person. But when you're planning your future with someone, you just have that in mind. So at this point, I'm like, all right, I need to plan my future without him. Like, I've got to get excited for this future. And it has to be a completely different thing than what I've seen for the past two years or what I've imagined in my head and what we've planned for. So also, by the way, about the house, another question I get, just a little random note. Basically, when he got injured, he had to live in Los Angeles for the off season to do rehab and physical therapy with the surgeon that he had to go see. So that was a full off season. We had to move to LA for the following off season after the house was built. And honestly, Dallas wasn't really doing it for either of us because mostly honestly, because it was winter time in the off season. And we both were like, do we want to be somewhere that cold? Like, I know it's not that cold for some people, but for me, fucking freezing. Well, literally freezing. It snows and stuff. So I was just like not feeling the cold Dallas winters. Again, I know some people are gonna be like, you're so dramatic, but we just like weren't, it wasn't our place for that period of time in that season. So we ended up moving to LA and being like, I mean, like house to me, I was like, I mean, the house is like great, but it's, it's not like live or die that I live in this house. Like we could live elsewhere. And I was kind of happy to return to LA, especially again in the winter time. So much, so much warmer. <laughs> Y'all know I love the sun too. Anyway, just a side note, because I get I do get a lot more questions or a lot of questions still about that house. That house has been sold. Joe sold it. He actually made a little bit of a profit on it, which is nice. It was over in Dallas off of Lover's Lane, like right by La La Land and like all those places. It was so, so nice. The house was great itself. 
honestly, if our lives weren't all over the place and it would have been more convenient to keep it, we, you know, I keep saying we, he probably would have, but he just didn't. So that's the house situation. Anyway, so I'm starting to create my life without him, starting to remake myself. I got my apartment here in Beverly Hills. It's actually somewhat close to the apartment that we shared together. We had an Airbnb for the off season. So I just moved my stuff that I got. I started working with companies to fill the apartment, started buying furniture that I really liked. I just like had the whole design fun again because that's something that I really enjoy. And I kind of just got myself excited about it and was like, where do I want to live for my like true life by myself apartment? Because in my 20s, I lived in college with roommates. And then I lived alone in college for the last year that I was there. And then when I moved out to LA, I had like multiple roommates for years and years and years. Then I lived downtown with one roommate and then I moved in with Joe. And then when I moved into this apartment, it was honestly like at 20, I had just turned 29, my first like really big girl apartment. Like it's a nice place. It's a a little expensive. Kind of painful to pay rent every month, but it, for that reason, I felt like I really wanted to make it feel like home to me. So I decorated it in like kind of a unique style that I hadn't really decorated in before, and I just got really involved in that. That was a big piece of me moving on was creating my own little oasis for myself. I had, of course, a lot of girly girl time. It took me a little while to want to go out and stuff like that because, as I've said before when I'm in a place of like being really upset or emotionally triggered by something, I don't usually like to like go out. So I want to separate myself from like alcohol, things like that, because I always like to use those as tools to like celebrate life and have fun with my friends rather than like, I don't know, drown myself in my sorrows. So that's an important distinction I like to draw when I'm in moments like that. So it took me a little while to like want to go out and be fun and crazy with my friends just because I was like, I want to make sure I'm not using this as a tool to like numb myself or forget. But I had the most fun girly girl time. I think when you're in a relationship, again, even if you're independent, if you're living together, you are with that person a lot. Like it's just the person you're with. You know what I mean? Like you're doing stuff together. You're doing stuff with each other's friends. You're doing stuff with each other's families. You're doing holiday stuff together. So when you're single, you just naturally have more time with your girlfriends. Um, unless I've noticed, unless you have a puppy. <laughs> okay. After Joe and I got back together, I got a puppy like around a similar time. And I feel like all my friends like, where are you? You got in a relationship and you're so boring. I'm like, no, y'all, Joe doesn't even live here. <laughs> he is so low lift. This dog has been a journey. All right. Y'all know puppies. It's like if a child was faster than you and quicker than you and didn't wear a diaper. Okay, this dog (laughs) has been wild. I have to watch her like a fucking hawk. But if you're single, no animals or a grown animal, baby, you have so much time for your girlfriend. So I really indulged in that time. Like I was like, all right, this is a key part of me moving on is having fun with my friends. I really invested in myself. Another big part of my moving on in, in the breakup and something that really made me feel good was volunteering. So I'd go to baby to baby once a week if I could. Now it's really hard to get in there and volunteer because it gets so packed in terms of the volunteering schedule. I get the little link to volunteer every month and there's so many people in there, which makes me happy. But I'm also like, hello, (laughs) this brought me back to life. (laughs) So I made something about not myself because I think when you're so upset about something and so sad and all your friends are asking you about it and people just know about it in general, 
people feel bad for you. And so like it's you want to go somewhere where you're getting out of your own mind and taking yourself less seriously. So that was a big part of that, to be honest, for me. Another thing is when I was dealing with my relationship ending, I didn't want to get on the internet and bash him. And this wasn't particularly because I knew we were going to get back together. Like in my brain, I was like, I knew like this would be an option to get back together with him, I would assume. But because I just knew the place he was working from mentally and I knew kind of knew what was going on. As much as I didn't know, I know him well enough to know that like the reaction didn't really make any sense from my perspective, obviously. Maybe I, I could have ended up being wrong, but I ended up being exactly fucking right. Anyway, I didn't want to bash him, though, because I did have a level of of understanding of where he was coming from. And I don't want to make really excuses for someone handling that situation of a really stressful situation kind of poorly, in my opinion, which is something we had to reconcile when we were getting back together. But I did know, like, if I had been doing my job for a lot less time, and it's a very important thing to me, it's something that I've worked really hard on, and I moved to Los Angeles away from friends and family, and I I really worked hard to make what I have now real. And I know like when influencers say that, no one really gives a fuck. But like, and I'm not trying to be like, whoa, it was me. I'm just saying I know the truth and that's what I did. In my opinion, I worked hard. If I was looking down the barrel of me not doing this job anymore, or if someone else had control over me doing my job or not doing it anymore, if there was a hindrance to my job for 20 months or 20 plus months, I would be an absolute wreck. And the way I deal with being a wreck is isolating myself. I cannot handle other people. I cannot handle other people's like happenings up to this point, at least. Uh, I need to, obviously, that's something I've been working on. But I knew I would possibly, very possibly handle it the same exact way. So I didn't want to go on the internet and bash him because I also was like as mad as, as I don't want to say mad, but like as upset and hurt and sad as I am. And I do a little bit get it. I also will say I saw my dad at the end of his, like, by the way, Joe's not at the end of his career. He was just injured, but it's just one of those things that makes you call into question the end of your career. And you just don't really know what's going to happen. And teams have control of your life. Like there's just not a lot of control there. So it's a lot of what ifs. But when my dad was coming off of his career, like actually ending his career as a fighter pilot, and my family was transitioning from being a military family into being more of a civilian family, his identity was in being a fighter pilot. And honestly, a lot of my identity was tied to that too. And it was a really rocky period when something, when your identity is your job, which as a baseball player, it has to be because no one on God's green earth would spend that much time dedicating their life to a sport. I mean, since you were literally six, my brother's doing it right now. He's doing travel ball. He's given up every summer. All of his social life is baseball. He's going to college for it. It's just it it controls your life. I think some people just kind of think you like become a baseball player or become this whatever thing. I think people really discount that this is your entire life. You give up everything for it. And that's what we did in the military. And watching my dad come out of that time was a really, really hard time for all of us. And so there was a part of this that I'm like, I do understand. I hate how it's affected me. And I I don't like who I'm seeing right now and how this is being handled on that end. But I didn't want to bash it because I kind of understood. So that's the part of the reason I didn't bash him. It wasn't all like, oh, I think I'm going to get back together with him. So it was just something like I was trying to extend grace to someone I do care about, even though I was fucking annoyed with him. And it was a thing that I genuinely did kind of understand that that side of things, you know. So you can handle it however you want in your own situation. I chose not to really talk about it on the Internet, even though I talk about everything, just because it kind of fall. It, to me, it fell into the the pool of 
kind of talking about someone else's problems and what they're dealing with. And I just don't think I need to necessarily at that point therapize my ex-boyfriend all over social media. So I also really took my time. I gave myself some grace. And around summer, I really started to move on. Of course, I still was in love with him or in love with at this point, I'm like, do I am I in love with him? Like, am I did I make him someone that I didn't think he was? Like, what's going on here? I still was very confused about that. But I was hitting a point with my friends and enjoying my life and with work and everything where I was like, all right, I'm feeling good. Like, I'm actually feeling good. I'm feeling there's still like a hurt there and there's still a little bit of trauma there because of the surprise of it all. But like, I feel okay. And that took me, I don't know, six months to get to that point. And I started to kind of be like, you know what? Okay. I think I could move on. I would say about six, seven months after the breakup. And keep in mind, I'm not talking to Joe during this time. We had not physically seen each other at this time, literally at all for months and months and months after living together, which is such a weird thing for someone to go from like your literal roommate and your future to like literally no one to you. So if you're going through that, I I know it's such a mind fuck. But anyway, I kind of started to like picture my life romantically without him at this point. Like I'd already done so like with my friends and with my place and like all this stuff. But at this point, I was like, I mean, like, yeah, I I started finding like guys attractive. That took a hot second for me, for sure. And I wasn't really looking for a relationship at all. Like I wasn't like this isn't something I'm gunning for. But it was one of those things that I could feel myself opening up to in the future. I could start seeing it down the line, which was definitely a, a pretty big point for me when it came to the moving on process because I hadn't really been that way before. I'm extremely loyal when I'm in a relationship, particularly with with him. Like I literally only have eyes for that person. So it took me like a little while to like almost detach that way. And like even like see other men visually. You also know how I feel about men. I'm not super impressed a lot of the time. And at this point, I kind of hit the point where I was like, I can be happy by myself without him and I could be happy possibly with someone else. And it, it it's a point where I felt very in control of my life and in control of my feelings and my emotions and very attuned with them and very honest ab- about that with myself. And of course, obviously when you start moving on and all of that stuff, that's when the comeback around happens. So of course, when Joe comes back around like post summer, kind of in the fall, this is also at the point where he is back on the mound playing again for the first time in almost over two seasons. I guess exactly, man, over two seasons. I knew that there was going to be some clarity there. (laughs) So he kind of starts checking in again. I'm like kind of side-eyeing like what is happening right now. You know, as they do and you're like, of course, like, I don't know. You just hear like, oh, they always come back around. So at this point in my mind, I'm like, oh, they always come back around. So he starts contacting me again. At this point, I'm kind of just like, kind of checking in, but a little more cold and removed because I'm just protective of myself. I don't know what this man is going to say. I'm not open to him just like coming back around to like be my pen pal. I don't really want to do that. And I'm very clear about that from the beginning. He started checking in and we started talking via text. And I was like, listen, making things really short. I'm trying to like get out of this situation because again, in this, at this point in my mind, I'm trying to move on still. And eventually it becomes very obvious that he was interested in talking to me again and possibly trying to repair things. And when I say very obvious, I mean, I was like, listen, should I get off the pot? Like, I'm ready to honestly, like, start the unfollowing process. I I wasn't telling him this, but that's where I was in my brain. I'm like, hey, what are you doing here? And he was like, 
well, I want to, you know, talk to you again and all this stuff. And I was like, I need you to be extremely clear or like, just go away basically. And he's like, listen, I'm still in love with you. I never stopped being in love with you. I have had a lot of time to think and reflect and I want to get past emotions. So as you know, kind of doing the same thing as me is like committing to moving on. He made this decision. We're doing this. So he's basically like, I am very sorry for how I handled things. I knew we should have just talked more. I shouldn't have done something so abrupt, blah, 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 talking about, you know, kind of explaining things to me a little bit more. And that's kind of how, how I had clarity about the breakup, by the way, is he actually did explain what happened. And he's like, I just didn't have the words before and I just didn't know what to do. So at this point, we're texting and I'm like, listen, don't want to text about this. And he's like, yeah, me neither. So we were both busy in the following month. So it wasn't until like late September that I ended up seeing him. He showed up at my house here in LA. He lives in Arizona and still does right now. But he and I had our kind of initial conversations. And for me, all that time apart taught me what I would need in a man in general, whether it be him or someone else. And I kind of had like a list in my head. I obviously need someone who's direct. I need someone who can communicate. I need someone who's committed when things get really hard, you know, X, Y, Z things. And then all the obvious things that Joe and I already had, which was incredible chemistry. We could be best friends. We could also obviously have great sex. We could like, there was like this, this two part of it all that you're being like silly with your best friend. And then it's obviously you can be very intimate with this person too. You can just have fun together in general. We kind of like have a very similar kind of adjacent sense of humor. Like he just understands what I'm saying when I'm saying it, which for me is sometimes really hard to find, especially in a man. So all those things I knew were good, but then there were some things that I saw at the end there with our breakup that I was like, okay, I absolutely need something different than this because clearly this is not working, the, you know, breakup qualities. So that initial time he came over, we had not seen each other in nine months, almost 10 months, nine months. And also what was funny is I had just gotten a peel on my face. So I was like, my face was literally peeling. I'm like, great. I'm seeing my ex-boyfriend. No matter what you think about your ex-boyfriend, you, you want to be hot when you see your ex. I was not. <laughs> I was just like peeling from the face. <laughs> anyway, so, and Joe's, but he's already seen me in like the PRP injection under my eyes, microneedling, peels. I mean, he's seen it all. So anyway, I end up chatting with him that night and I was very to the point. I was very unemotional at this point because I, I had been so emotional and I just kind of like, it was like, it was Ariana Grande. Like I have no tears left to cry. Like I just, whatever, like if this works, it works, but I'm going to be very blatant with you and very obvious about what I want and what I don't like. So we started talking about our relationship and I honestly was like, you know, he's like, I'm sorry how I handled things. He kind of did his whole spiel, which was a lot of accountability and a lot of kind of like talking about what he did to move on and how he shouldn't have done that and how he committed to doing that and in his brain and to moving on. So he was going out with his friends and he was like trying to meet other people and do all these things so fast. And he was like, I'm, I just, I'm sorry for that hurt you. And I'm sorry that I did this. And I, he, it was obvious to me also that he had been talking to someone professionally perhaps about communication and really changing his approach to that because the person that was sitting on my couch was like, exactly what I have, what I would have wanted in a time of trouble. That's a part of him I had really hadn't seen before. Really confronting problems, really taking accountability. He's probably he's good at accountability, but like it was just the thing that was missing in our breakup that he was now doing, you know, 
now. So I, at this point, wasn't fully like, it took me a hot second to be like, okay, we could get back together. But I'm sitting there on the couch and one of my big questions for him, because of course I had a lot of questions. Okay. I really, over the course of the next month, I really dive deep into questioning this man on everything. I'm like, we need to have open communication. I can't confirm that we will be back together, but I want you to be open and honest with me. And if you are willing to try to repair the relationship and kind of you atone for things, I atone for things. We talk about stuff without the promise of us being together. Cause I can't, I told him like blatantly, I can't tell you right now that I'm going to learn to trust you again or learn to respect certain parts of you that I didn't really respect when we broke up and you left like that, that way. I was just so fucking honest y'all. And I was like, I just don't know if it's going to work out and I cannot promise you anything at this point. And at some point I was just like, but I'm willing, I'm, I'm willing to work it out. And this wasn't after that first visit. Basically he, he, came over. He said all those things. My big question for him at that point was, I get where, where you were. I get where your mental state was, but I need someone who can go through hard times and hard, stressful times because at some point your career is going to be over. At some point, if we have, you know, pa- our parents might pass. We might have simply people get sick. I mean, like we have kids, kids get like horrible things happen. And I need to know that I can rely on someone to stay and be committed even when life is really hard. So I was like, is this who you are? As was that like a one-time fluke thing? You didn't know how to handle the stress and you made a mistake. And now you, you see that mistake and you're willing to work on it for that to never happen again. Or is this who you are? And at that point, that question, I think really caught him because obviously there were like tears. I'm sitting there just like cold as ice because I think that's what happens when you, after you mourn it and you figure it out and you get over it almost where you're just like, Here's the facts. I saw how this affected him, which I was just taking notes this entire time. And the point, my point in telling you all of this is it's complicated. It's messy to get back together with someone. And for me, it wasn't like a, okay, should I get back together with him? Yes. Okay, let's do it. It was more like a, hey, I'm committed to trying. I said this probably weeks after our first initial meeting, but I can't promise you anything. So I had a couple questions, obviously, for him. One of them was that, like, is is this who you are? Is this like was that a fluke thing? Explain this to me. Some other questions that I had to kind of be real with for myself is like, can I heal from this and build this trust again? Which I didn't know the answer to that. Like that would only time would tell and actions would tell. I'm not a big words person. So I need to see like his own actions and I'm other questions. Can I, you know, look upon him with the same respect that I've always had for him after I've saw, I've seen this side. Is this something I can give grace? Is this something I can deal with? And again, learn to trust again. I also thought to myself, okay, I tried to remove my emotions from it as much as possible. I know it's impossible to do that, but I thought, you know, like, does this man improve my life? Do I like who I am when I'm with him? Do I believe him when he said that it's a priority for him to work on his communication? So I also knew that when he came back, what I would need was acknowledgement of what went wrong and responsibility was taken for that. What I also needed was a laid out actual plan for how this was not going to happen again. And I got that pretty clearly. He had a lot of ideas about that. He had fixed a lot of stuff on the back end with like help from others, for example, to make him better at the things that he wasn't good at, which was such a green flag for me because he was doing this while we were broken up and he did not know for sure if I'd want to get back together with him. I also thought it was a green flag that he came to me with a lot of space carved out of his life already built for me. So when 
we were in talks of more seriously getting back together, he was saying how, for example, so we, we had the conversation, did you date anyone? Was there anyone substantial? And both of us were like, you know, I didn't have anyone substantial. I did hook up with some guys. Like it wasn't a big thing. I didn't really go into detail about that with him because he was like, I don't want to know about hookups. I was like, I don't want to know about hookups really either. He had gone on dates. He did tell me that. He said it wasn't anyone substantial enough for me to, you know, really know about. That was one of both of our boundaries that we set was like, okay, if you dated someone and like really had feelings for someone and like saw yourself with them, like creating a future with them, I would like to know. But if that was not the case, then I honestly don't need to know. So for both of us, it really didn't happen to be the case that we were like serious about anybody else, which I know some people, I have some friends who like fully date other people and then get back together with their exes. It wasn't really our journey. I also don't think we had enough time truly between the breakup for that to be happening. So another green flag was he had gotten an apartment and he was living in an apartment and he was going to have a roommate live with him, just helping a guy out because this guy didn't have a place that he was going to stay for the off season, didn't have a place to stay. And Joe was like extending the offer for him to live with him. And he was like, I did this, you know, a while ago before I knew we were getting back together. And I know you're going to come visit me and stuff. So like, are you okay with me having a roommate when you come visit? Cause if you're not, then I can like totally tell him he can go live somewhere else. It was just things like that where I was like, and he, he told this guy, Hey, if my girlfriend isn't okay with you, I'm not even his girlfriend, by the way, at this point, if my girlfriend isn't okay with you, like, being here while she's here, then you might have to go find somewhere else to live. It was just things like that where I was like, what? (laughs) Okay. So there was a lot of space. These are examples of space being created. That was a green flag that I saw that made me a little more comfortable getting close to him again. The communication was made me a lot more comfortable. Times of like me confronting him with information that either embarrassed him or made him feel uncomfortable and him sitting there and being able to talk about it with me very plainly, very respectfully explain his side and communicate very well, that was another green flag to me. I was like, I can't tell you that I'm fully going to trust you again right now, but I'm committed to trying. And when I kind of committed to that is when we got back into a relationship, that was in like late-ish October. We were like extremely fresh. We had seen each other a couple of times and pretty much been talking every single day about like repair, 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 because I'm like a front-loading person. I'm like, let's get this over with. Let's talk through everything we possibly can. And then we'll see how I feel. I saw enough green flags. Like I said, there was enough space created in my, in his life for me, the way he came back with the words that he used to me, I trusted enough, obviously needed to be followed up by action, but I was listening to him. Everything sounded good. My eyes started trusting him again. We created boundaries around things that we knew were probably going to be tough. Like the idea of him being with someone else in any capacity is hard for me. The idea of me being with someone else in any capacity is hard for him. And we knew we'd confront that at some point because like he's gone out with my friends here in Los Angeles. And we kind of had like rules, kind of quote unquote rules, for example, where like the way we dealt with that and what how we felt comfortable is like, let's say if there is someone in the room you've been intimate with and everyone else knows it and I don't, I don't want to be the one that looks dumb. And we would communicate that those things to each other. And these are just examples of boundaries that I needed to set with him and he needed to set with me to get back together. I think that's a very important part of getting back together, particularly if y'all have separated for some period of time where other people were at all involved, just so that the person that you're with and the person you're now back with doesn't feel dumb or left out of the you know joke or something like that, which is uncomfortable and awkward. And those are situations that aren't the most fun things to deal with, let me just say. 
So that transparency aspect was really important for both of us. And we both had different levels of the transparency that we wanted. I always want to know more information than Joe. He's honestly like, I literally don't want to know. Please don't tell me when it comes to other people. But we got to a place where we were both comfortable with sharing and knowing kind of things. And I think that's really important if you're getting back together with someone. Another thing we've implemented besides the talking about boundaries and transparency with other people is weekly check-ins. And like he actually does it for real now. And I also feel like I don't have to lead everything all the time, which is so great, which is part of the thing that I had on my in my mental checklist of like what I need in a man is someone to emotionally lead me. Joe's so good at leading everything else. He takes care of everything. He's definitely like the chef. He cleans the most in our apartment. He makes, you know, more money than me. So he pays for more stuff. He definitely leads me in a lot of different ways. And so I never really had a problem emotionally leading, but I learned through my breakup, like I need someone to also emotionally lead, even if that means I need to clean a little bit more in the apartment or something. It's a trade-off and I needed an emotional leader and he's really become that. So that was another green flag for me. And that's something that we've been working on. Something else we've been working on is prioritizing intimacy if and when the other person is comfortable. For me, it took me a hot second to feel more comfortable and feel super sexually attracted to him again, which I think is normal because again, building trust for me was really important. And at this point, I do think we're in a great place. And I don't, I won't say that our relationship is the same as it was because I don't think it will ever be. I'm just a different person now. And so is he, but I do think it's better because of this. But in in the beginning there, I needed a second to really be physically attracted to him again. Another thing that we've done well is just consistently plan for the future near and far. And again, this is one of those things that makes me a little bit nervous sometimes because we did do that in the beginning and phase one, and then we broke up. So a lot of this has been like, okay, we're planning for the future, but also tell me how I need reassurance. I need, I've needed a lot of reassurance that I haven't been afraid to ask for it. And he hasn't been afraid to give it. And I also want to be clear that it takes two to tango in a lot of ways. I'm not perfect. And he's just like a bad guy who needs to prove himself. We both needed to work on things, but what I truly needed was the communication to know what I needed to work on because you don't always know. And I think sometimes that's where things go wrong. People always say communication is like a silent killer and I didn't really get it until it killed my relationship, but now it's actually brought it back to life as well. And another thing that's brought us closer together post breakup and getting back together is just learning to have fun together again, which has actually not really been our problem. But I think whenever you're getting back together and you're front loading all of the problems and you're kind of focusing in on the more negative sides or trying to get ahead of things, it can be hard to remember that like you're supposed to have fun too. So we did a lot of that. And we've also really been very adamant about having fun times, creating good memories and new memories in phase two. So some things I've learned in the getting back together stage of my relationship is that all relationships involve some level of risk. You just have to make sure it's what you can tolerate or it's not too much risk. And for me, when all said and done, once we had worked out some things and all that, to me, it didn't feel like too much of a risk to get back together with him. But there is always going to be some risk. I think when you love anything at all in the world, there's risk of losing it. And that's really hard to come to terms with. But I also think I'm strong enough for that risk. I also really learned that relationships are a choice, which I think is romantic. I think it's, it's romantic to wake up every morning and choose someone even if you don't feel great that day or they've pissed you off or they made you upset. For me, even when I was mad at him, even through the breakup where I knew like, oh, I could live without him, I physically felt like, even when I was like kind of emotionally distant from him, I physically felt like a pull to this person. And it wasn't really like a lusty 
pull. It's almost like the pull that I felt when I adopted Winnie, my dog. When I first got her, when I first went in to see her, it wasn't the right time for me to adopt a dog. I wanted to wait a little while. I honestly wasn't even looking to adopt. I wanted to get a like a black lab so badly. I had that like pinned on my little vision board. I was really excited about it. I was looking around for someone to give me a black lab. And I went to go see Winnie at Wags and Walks. And when I first met her, she was really scared of people. So it wasn't like an instant like bonding. She jumped on me and we were snuggling kind of connection. But it was one of those things where I was like, does this dog even like me? I'm so confused. And is, I don't think it's the right time. When I left Wags and Walks, I was like, okay, like I'll let you know. And it's like, I'll come back and I'll let you know, you know? But there was something that I was just like, I think this is my dog. Like there's something about her that I think it's my dog, even though my anxiety and all these other things are telling me like, it's not the right time. It's not this. It's not that. I was like, this is my dog. And now I think about it every day. And I'm like, this is my perfect dog. The more I get to know her, the more I'm like, oh my God, what if I would have just not adopted her? That would have been, I cried about this. I have cried about this, imagining her with someone else. It was almost that kind of pull. But even with all the anxiety and all the, I don't really think I should do this, blah, 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 all the reasonings why, I was just like, this doesn't make any sense. It, It makes sense for me to have this dog. And for me, it was making sense for me to be with Joe. I just needed him to come back correctly into my life in a way that I felt logically pulled to him as well as emotionally tied. Again, I've also learned that obviously takes two to tango. Like I said before, I'm not perfect. There are things that I did. I just really didn't know that I was doing them. It's really hard to identify patterns in yourself sometimes. So I knew I also needed someone with some grace who could like mirror those things back to me. So I got that with him the second time around and I realized it really does take two to tango. I can't put this all, uh, break up all on the person who, you know, who did the breaking up. Joe, I can't say, oh, he's wrong. He did this. He did that because there are things that I've done wrong. I'm not a perfect person. And unless you're in a toxic situation or an abusive situation, it does take two to tango. And cleaning up my side of the street has been an important part of getting back together. Another thing I've learned is it's not my job really to instruct him or really teach him how to be a good person or a good partner, but it is my job to communicate my needs and the same for him. And we've both really, really adopted that mindset. And another thing and the most important thing I think I learned that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode is that I don't need this relationship to live. I love him. I love our life together. I love what we build. I'm really proud of ourselves. And I like who I am when I'm with him. But for me, the breakup made it very clear yet again in my life that I don't need this to be who I am. I am me separately of this relationship. And I feel very free and comfortable in that. And this adds so much to my life that I decided to give it a second go. And I I really appreciate the way phase two has been going for us. And the reason I, I put out this whole episode and say all this stuff and talk about my own story so much is because I think relationships from the outside, especially on social media, sometimes can look so clean and buttoned up and like tie up in a nicely neat little bow and they got back together and everything's perfect again. I don't want to make that. That's not the reality of the situation. This involved choice. It involved effort and it involved work and involved grace and involved a lot of self-love on both of our parts and a lot of communication and uncomfortable conversations and making decisions that were both right for both of us and our lives because both of us are very supremely independent people who value our friends and our jobs and all of these things. So this wasn't a like, ooh, fun, romantic, they got back together and everything was perfect. It was it's been happening for the past since September. We've been building to this point. And I'm I would say in the last couple of months for the first time, really comfortable and really happy with what we've built. 
and my trust has returned and all of that stuff, which is why I waited a little while to do this episode. But I wanted to be really real about a lot of this stuff and how I felt because not everyone's process is going to be the same because not everyone values the same things. But for me, it was important that him and I saw eye to eye on values getting back together and he respected my boundaries and my values and things I found important and made that space in his life. And I did the same for him. And again, it can be hard. It can be really hard to get back together with these uncomfortable conversations about other people. That was another thing, like I've said a million times, that was hard for both of us, honestly, to imagine. Took a lot of reassurance through that and stuff. But another thing I was really calmed by, I think, through all of this is how many of my friends who I know, whether through social media or in real life, who are in particular dating men who play sports. The first couple I talked to about this actually was my friends, Ali Cooch and Isaac. They're like big TikTok people. Y'all probably have seen them all over the place. Absolutely love them. They're truly from, from an insider standpoint. And I'm sure y'all could tell on the outside, they just seem so great for each other and their relationship is amazing. And from an insider perspective, who knows them? That is true. Their relationship is amazing. But when I first, me and Joe first broke up, Ali's one of the first people I talked to about it when it comes to like people outside of my direct little tiny circle. And she's like telling me all this stuff about, you know, even they're both weighing in on like, yeah, obviously like they broke up when Isaac was going through some sports stuff as well and got back together. And now they're amazing and doing wonderfully. They just had they've been gotten married. They've had a child and the breakup for them gave them both a lot of clarity. And it's so common in relationships like that, that are sports adjacent for that kind of pressure to mount and things like that to happen. It's just the, how do we make that not happen again? And what can we learn from this breakup? And what can we learn from what you did wrong and what I did wrong? So there were so many stories. They're one, one example. And they're pretty open about it on social media. But they're one example that that happened with. And I was like looking at them. And now I look at them and I feel very confident in the direction that I know Joe and I are going. But I just wanted to kind of explain a lot more about that. And I know this has been a lot of talking as per usual. You came to note to self for a reason, but um, I am so thankful for all of you guys and for the support you've given me and for the grace you've extended me and allowing me to wait so long to talk about this. And I really appreciate you guys listening with an open mind. But again, everyone's going to have their opinions on what went wrong, what went right. Did they do the right thing? Did she do the right thing? Do I think they're, they're supposed to be blah, 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 blah. I am very happy with my decision thus far. I can't say this is, you know, this is my forever. Nothing ever is like nothing bad's ever going to happen again. I don't know. People are people. That's the risk you take being in love with someone. People, I mean, get married, have kids and are together for 50 years or 40 years and get divorced or something happens. You know, it's just, I can't say that this is the absolute end of our journey. Obviously not. We would like to get married and have kids and stuff, but where I am right now, at the time of recording this, I'm very happy with my decision. I learned a lot. I think the breakup gave me clarity. The getting back together part gave me a lot more clarity. The breakup gave him a lot of clarity as well. And I think it's really hard to say knowing how dark the breakup was for me emotionally at some points, but I do think it was necessary for this next phase. And I know people say that all the time. And I know it's kind of annoying to hear, especially if you're going to be going through a breakup right now, or if you are, if you're you know, in the midst of getting, I don't know, wherever you are, I know it's kind of hard to hear sometimes that like, oh, this really annoying, emotional and dark thing was worth it. But I do think it was absolutely necessary. And I think it's gotten us to a really good place now. But thank you all so much for listening today. 
I really appreciate each and every one of you allowing me to share my story and talk about myself on a mic for a fucking hour at this point. But I wanted y'all to know the whole story and just kind of be in on it as Joe and I move forward because you're obviously a part of my life and I share so much with you guys. So thank you so much for listening. You can come find me on Instagram at Peyton Sarton. You can find me on TikTok at Peyton Sarton and on YouTube. She's posting on YouTube again, girlies. So um, I'll talk to you guys next week. Thank y'all so much for listening to today's episode. You can catch a new episode of Note to Self every Thursday. Please, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the good stuff. I always want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review if you have a sec. Follow Note to Self on social for all the behind-the-scenes action and more info about the show at NTS by PS on Instagram and at Note to Self Pod on TikTok. And I'll talk to y'all next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.